Hunter, how often do you go for a hundred percent in a game? There's been many times on this show where we brought that up and you you have never done that. But I can't imagine no. you've never ever one hundred percented a game. Mm. I can imagine that I've really? never one hundred percented a game. Wow. I don't know who it's for, but it's yeah. it's not for me. I don't understand why someone would one hundred percent a game. Yeah. Because I feel like what the designers generally in a game that as like a hundred like okay 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 let's let's really answer this question i've definitely hundred percented a game but what that means is that the game didn't have anything for me to 100 percent. you know what i mean like, <laughs> right like, right you can't 100 percent firewatch uh -huh, you know what i mean right. you just complete firewatch and then guess what you hundred percented it right actually that's not even true i think there are things in firewatch to collect well there's um, like achievement hunting too that became like the yeah. new thing you know in the in the 360 and onward era achievements became a thing and that became like a new form of 100 percenting the the last game i can think of that i I fully 100%ed was Donkey Kong Country Returns for the Nintendo Wii. Yeah, uh, yeah. I played every inch of that game, all mm -hmm. collectibles, everything. And it's in that, I mean, with certain games, they're set up for it way better, which is to say, like, Celeste is a game where, like, I did all the strawberries, right? If that were what it took to 100% Celeste, I did that. But Celeste, like, keeps adding, no, <laughs> like, yeah. there's more, yeah, and yeah, more, yeah. and more, and more. I, I learned recently on our Discord that there's, like, extra special strawberries you get when you finish levels deathless and i'm like no no thank you i won't yeah, be yeah. getting those ever yeah. i'll never do yeah. the deathless runs i had yeah. no thanks so there is a limit to my willingness but like when it comes to collectibles and it being like a set a special challenge within a level of a platformer that certainly sinks its teeth into me i, I a, another game i can think of is like new super mario brothers for the ds i definitely 100 mm -hmm. percent of that game like i went for everything when, when it's like here's a couple things per level that you go out of your way to get that stuff gets me really really good yeah yeah i okay i actually do have a way that i have interacted with this idea before and we got to go to the jrpgs uh -oh. in order for this to make sense yeah because Okay, so what I don't like, I don't like collectibles, yeah. really. Um, I can, I, collectibles can kind of sour the experience for me mm -hmm. because I prefer the pace of especially a platformer to be up. I want it to be, I want to be going through stuff and, yeah. and having fun and experiencing the new screen um, and being like, oh, that was clever, and then moving on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like collectibles is too much about, like, perfecting a screen or, like, yeah. I mean, the strawberries in Celeste are great, but... Okay, where it really gets me is in JRPGs, a lot of the time, if you want to 100% it, it's not that they've... There are collectibles, I guess. There are things that you can go get, mm. but they are essentially, like, busted weapons and magical <laughs> right. spells yeah. that are the designer basically putting in a cheat code yes. into the game and just saying, hey, if you do this complicated, weird, dumb side quest... Then we'll give you the cheat code weapon. Yeah. And now you're just way OP. Yeah. And that's like a real concrete, I think, reward for, for doing the uh the collectibles. Now, as an adult, it's funny because even this has come full circle. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, I gotta do all the dumb Chocobo side quests in Final Fantasy VII so yeah. I can get the best materia. But now what I've realized is that when you do that, you are are spoiling the game. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you don't need to do side quests. Maybe maybe the stuff you ha you find along the way is enough, uh -huh. and that it's better to run through a game like that with just 
the bare bones of what the designers have given you right and try and figure figure out the puzzle that way i'm more interested in what is the best version of this idea of this game and i feel like collectibles are sort of like can we get a little extra value out yeah. of this like how do we like how do we min max the fun you know <laughs> like a, just a little bit of fun here a little bit of fun there and it's like no 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 what's like the meatiest cut. Yeah. I'm not trying to eat the sides. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not just <laughs> eating a bowl of kimchi here. <laughs> I want to have the steak. Let's go. And welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac, the definitive ranking of every video game every week at a time. Howdy, my name is Matthew Martins, and I'm joined here today with my beautiful and lovely co-host Hunter Donaldson. How you doing there, partner? Howdy, I'm Hunter. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? <laughs> I feel oh, like if we, me. if you and I were a character platformer, it would have the twang. We would have a southern twang oh, yeah. to our character platformer. Oh God, don't even get me started on how fun a very like southern uh platformer game greasy corner greasy corner yeah. arkansas the platforming greasy corner, game arkansas the platforming game that's that's something that really look at google greasy corner arkansas right now and read it and weep okay oh, do it please uh, do it today we are talking about 2001's the playstation 2 namco's Klonoa 2, uh, what's its subtitle? Lunatea's Veil. Lunatea's Veil. Uh, Klonoa 2 is the sequel to 1997's Klonoa, Door to Phantom Isle. Although I will get it out of the way story-wise, there is no connection between these two games except for the fact that your main character is a fun little character named Klonoa. That's it. They're, a and, little and rabbit. A little rabbit. A little rabbit cat thing. A little rabbit guy. A rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he is the dream traveler. He travels through dreams and then goes and solves people's problems in their world. Oh, how cute. This is an adorable little uh, character platformer from Namco. And uh, I... Boy, let's get this out of the way, and we'll talk way about it later, but uh, I loved this. Oh, boy, did I love Klonoa in a way I wasn't expecting to. Uh, uh, but part of that is because I got COVID. I got COVID, and so then nice. I was forced to sequester myself into my room, uh, which meant I had a lot of time on my hands. So yeah. I just I tore through Klonoa 2 in one sitting. Just that was my day. That was my wow. peak of COVID day. In my COVID fever dream, I was a dream traveler, and I experienced Klonoa 2, and Klonoa came and saved my problems in my universe as a dream traveler. So thank you, yeah. Klonoa, for curing my COVID. I am um, impervious to COVID and got, <laughs> I, I, I supposedly had it, uh -huh. although I could never get a test yeah. to tell me that I did have it. <laughs> and I felt kind of bad for one night, but I actually think I may have um, just beaten it off with a stick, you know, just <laughs> destroyed the dang thing. Um, because I, I mean, I got to tell you, I have, I have high level of self-awareness i could feel it in my body yeah. i was like it's in there yeah and then it, it just it just died on the vine and it, and it was over <laughs> um also played this game uh thought it was uh a, a game and pretty good um uh it's i'll tell you this it is this is a podcaster's game yeah this is the every every like 
little piece of my body wants to i don't know why i'm phrasing it that way every part of my toes are telling me right now that i should on this podcast be like klonoa 2 is like a lost masterpiece yeah. a hidden gem sure a diamond in the rough mm-hmm but actually, I just think it's it's just okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine, too, you know? It is. It's fine it is. for Klonoa 2 to be just okay. Yeah. We don't have to always correct yes. uh, the, the injustices we see whenever it's <laughs> like we feel that, that the audience did not yeah. connect with something that it should have been uh, more excited about. This was 2001, yeah. okay? And we're in season one, 2001, a game odyssey uh, of this show. <laughs> There was a lot of crazy stuff happening yes, that year, y'all. Definitely. I don't know if everyone had time yeah. to give this cute dream bunny uh, <laughs> its, its day in the sun. People were playing Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah, we like, were all busy playing Grand Theft Auto 3 that everyone year. Everyone was playing Grand Theft Auto 3 that year. Halo. Yeah. Bill Gates gave us Halo. Yeah. He made it with his own hand. And then this okay? exists on the side. Here's what happened to me. My version of what you were just describing is, uh, so I finished this game and I'm like, whoa wow that really hooked me and you know what else on our list like really hooked me katamari damacy am, am i actually maybe a secret namco boy is that what's happening and i well well here's why not i went and looked through i started digging through the namco library and i'm like maybe I, let me like really investigate if i should start playing more namco stuff no, Namco does a lot of weird. There's a lot of stuff that's not Sega weird and experimental. It's just weird because it's like, why are you still so committed to this franchise? Like, why are you why are you going 10 deep on this weird random franchise, Namco? And it's like, I would love to be a Namco kid. And uh, I, I think when Namco hits, they're doing really, really well. Like the, the, their best stuff is incredibly good. But mm-hmm. I don't think that Namco is reliably at that level is kind of the problem. There's a lot of just sort of, you know, just extra Namco stuff that, that you don't really need. So yeah, well, I, I would love to also be the podcaster that's like, actually, we no one gives Namco enough credit. But, you know, actually, I think Namco gets just the right amount of credit. There's Pac-Man, there's Katamari Damacy, uh, and you know what? I'll shout the praise of Klonoa, and then maybe that's kind of what we get from Namco. Hmm. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot more to love about Namco than just those things. Like, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with Pac-Man, but Pac-Man I just is said Pac-Man. Good. I'm saying Pac-Man's on there, but think about how much weird Pac-Man there is that's, like, not Pac-Man, and they're just still, like, just digging everything into Pac-Man. I don't know. Well, what about There's Ridge Tekken? Racer. I need to try what some Ridge Tekken? Racer. No, who cares? No, Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer sucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and Tekken's who a fighting game, so it'll never, it'll never win my heart. There's just, I don't know. I would love for there to be more. I need it. What I need to do is discover some of the, like, I, I need to play some uh, American, or not American, but, like, English-speaking fan translations of some of the weird, wacky Japanese Namco stuff, and I would love mm-hmm. to see how that stuff clicks with me, because there's a lot of stuff I just don't know about. There's also things like uh, that drum game, Taiko no Tatsujin. Oh, I'd love to play that. That seems like it's probably a, a, a time and a half. Uh, that sounds fun. There's a lot of weird stuff out there, and this is... A part of all that milieu, I think. Uh, Klonoa 2 is just like another Namco game. For me, it did really well. Let's describe kind of what Klonoa 2 is. Uh, yeah. 2001, we are in a post-Mario 64 world. 3D platformers are the thing to think about, especially now on the PlayStation 2. 
Like yeah. we're we are about to get we're, a game we're not talking about this season is Jack and Daxter. Uh, there's there's lots of other like incredible 3D platformers though, and Klonoa Two says nah. We got 3D graphics, but this is, this is, let's keep pushing this 2.5D style platformer. And, and 2.5D essentially means it's a 2D platformer. It's side scrolling, but there right. are elements of things you can interact with. In Klonoa's case, it's essentially you can do this little attack move uh, that really is just to like grab an enemy. And you can yeah. also do that. You can do that to your right, to your left. You can do it away from the screen and you can do that towards the screen. So sometimes there's things in the foreground that you can grab or there's things in the background where you can like throw an enemy at the background and hit something mm -hmm. back there. That's essentially the extent of the 3D interactivity. Beyond that, you can be moving in your 2D environment and like the camera will turn with you. Like you're, you're in a pseudo 3D environment because you're rotating sure, yeah, on an yeah. axis but you're really just moving left and right it um i'll i'll describe it uh and i'll steal something from a very good ars technica video there's an ars technica um, video series called war stories where they interview like old game designers um there's this really good episode where they interview uh the co-founder of uh naughty dog and he talks a lot about crash bandicoot and one of the things that one of the ways he describes crash bandicoot that i that i really like that i kind of go go back to in my head is that they were like okay, so we have this 3D game. We want to do this 3D platformer. What are some interesting things that we can do? And because they were they were running right up against the PlayStation hardware limitations, even in making Crash Bandicoot 1, they basically yeah. had to trick the system into doing Crash Bandicoot. It wasn't capable of it uh, in kind of its stock formation. So they just kind of went in and, and, and fiddled around until they got this working. And what they landed on design-wise was that it was, they were capable of doing a 3D platformer, but what was most interesting was taking certain dimensions away. Yeah. Instead of just focusing on the 3D aspect, it's like, well, let's do this configuration in as, as many ways as possible. Right. Um, and then I would say, you know, Klonoa is definitely like in that tradition, and there were a whole slew of PlayStation games that were in that tradition. Mm -hmm. And then you have Mario 64, which presents, you know, a, a, a different way uh, of doing it, which is a little more full realization of uh, 3D. Not to down talk Crash Bandicoot. I love Crash Bandicoot. Right. Um, and everything I love about this game reminds me of what I love about Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Um, so Mario 64 happens, and now it's it's real 3D platformer game time, uh, yeah. or at least as, uh, that's what it felt like as a kid. Now, obviously, we're just talking about I think two distinct genres actually yeah. uh, of, of platforming. Um, but, you know, and you'd had uh, a handful of games like that on the PlayStation even. Um, Ape right. Escape uh, was a full on Super Mario, Super Mario 64 style platformer with those like full on 3D environments. Um, yeah. uh, even Croc. You know, Croc? <laughs> even Croc. Croc. Hey, isn't Gex 3D? Yeah, Gex is a Gex 3D is platformer. 3D. Yeah, yeah. Gex Turns is, out it's uh, Gex 64, babe. Yeah, I just don't really. I don't get down with 3D platformers too much, but I really get down with two and 2.5D platformers. Um, there are some 3D elements of Klonoa 2. There are certain levels. Uh, you can see it on the cover art. Klonoa 2 has a cool snowboard, and there are a handful 
there could be more, honestly, but there's a handful of snowboard sections in yeah. Klonoa too. Um, and those yeah. go become like an over the shoulder snowboarding down the mountain side uh, kind of thing, which I mean, we've seen how many snowboard sections are there in video games at this point. I feel like that is like pretty big among the top cliches of games. And in any genre, you got snowboard sections in Final Fantasy seven. You got snowboard yep. sections and everything. Uh, and so Klonoa two has some snowboard stuff and the, the snowboard stuff in Klonoa 2 is maybe some of the, the best level stuff in Klonoa 2. It's the fastest, it's the most 3D, it's the most movement. Um, yeah. I still really get down with the actual puzzle platformer side of it, but the snowboard stuff is very, very fun, I think. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's get, let's let's kind of get into the weeds with Klonoa 2. So Klonoa 2, 2.5D platformer, you play as Klonoa, weird money rabbit. Um, you Your verbs, the things that you can do... Uh -huh. um, you have a, a real a real floaty jump where Klonoa will um, you can kind of hop or you can do this jump where you jump up into the air and then Klonoa's kind of weird like your hair ear hands uh -huh. sort of like flap <laughs> yeah in the, in the air for a second giving you kind of like a little extra uh, distance yes and then Klonoa has a ring that. Uh, they can use to sort of capture it shoots a little spark just yep. uh, I don't know a couple inches on the screen forward yep. um, and they can use that to capture enemies and then sort of use them in a couple different interesting yeah. ways a, a lot of times it would be just to get an extra jump right um, you can use them to double jump you'll like have them sort of I don't know you just kind of have them in the ring you jump of. up with them and then you jump off them essentially yes. into the air um yeah. you can also throw them in either direction and let them hit yes. things and then as the game progresses you get new enemy types that do sort of extra things with those throwing actions you've got like a lightning bolt bird that lets you do this like yep. boost attack to bust through certain walls you've got these pigs that are basically bombs where when you throw them they'll stick to wherever you throw yep. them and they'll wait a minute and then blow up and then you can blow up certain areas um there's one type of enemy that is very <laughs> critical towards the end of the game which is this weird little crystal thing and when you throw it at a different enemy it like absorbs them and uh, it'll turn yellow and then blue and then red, depending on how many enemies you throw it at. And then somewhere in the level, there will be a crystal of that of that color. The idea being, OK, you need to go hit all the enemies in the area area with this thing to then unlock this crystal. Um, and those can get pretty obtuse as far as puzzles go. They can get pretty weird because there's like there's like a delayed reaction to like how you throw some of these things. And all of that contributes to this like general floatiness of the game. It's it is a slow, methodical puzzle platformer. It is not something yeah. you speed through. I didn't even try to watch any speedruns in this game, but I can't imagine a speedrun of Klonoa 2 is that interesting because you never move very quickly. I'm sure there's pretty interesting stuff just in terms of like mechanically how quickly can you do the order of operations but it's or not like going what to glitches are available sure to the player and who, who knows like what who knows. glitches yeah but as a just a standard thing you know i was not enticed to speed run this which is why it kind of clicks with me because i like it when a game lets me like stop every few seconds take a minute do the next portion like it's never just like bam 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 go 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 um if anything that's like what the snowboard sections offer though there are moments in the game where it's like okay go 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 or you're on a snowboard this is going to be non-stop action um, right. But most of the game is this much slower, you're in a room, solve the puzzle, um, 
It starts really easy. In fact, the game is quite easy for most of the time. Uh, and then right towards the end, it starts to spike a little bit. I didn't even... I, I, I will say Klonotu does a pretty bad job of si signaling to you what the stuff in it does. Uh, yeah. You can collect a lot of crystals. The crystals don't do anything, turns out. The crystals are... Here's what it is. The crystals are a massive collect-a-thon. There are 150 crystals in every single level. So to 100% the game, you just have to collect all 150 crystals. A process that sounds really arduous and tiring uh, kind of to me lot, yeah. kind of a lot because if you miss one uh oh you have to restart the entire level it, my my favorite type of collectibles do something though matt yeah. actually the crystals do one thing when you collect a hundred of them you get an extra life that's true that's all yeah yeah that's you can all. and so that's how you get some lives you can also collect coins that gives you lives the game is also incredibly generous if you die a bunch sometimes the game is just like here's a coin kid like here you go you coins. <laughs> that actually kind of frustrated yeah. me a little bit because um i or I would say this is not a very difficult game for the uh -huh. most part. It can be very frustrating sometimes, or yeah. at least it was for me. Um, there was a point in the game where I was kind of towards the end of it, and I was starting to run out of lives. Yes. And I was starting to think like, ooh, okay, we're, it's about to oh, get tight get the in here. Challenge, yeah. And I was actually getting kind of excited about the idea. I mean, I was kind of struggling with the game a little bit at that point, so I don't know. I mean, I was frustrated and excited. But then, no, it just, I died and then respawned and it just gave me two lives that yeah. weren't there before, that I knew the game right. was just giving them to me. Yeah. And that was a little bit upsetting because it felt like it was kind of robbing the game of like some tension that it, yeah. that it could have, you know? I, I interpret it differently because I think we are at 2001, we are at this sort of breaking point with platformers, which is like, we are properly getting away from the arcade mentality and in a lot of games the idea of lives has kind of is already getting somewhat removed right yeah so Klonoa 2 right. has that same mentality like you have lives you uh you can collect there are checkpoints in the game which is another thing that is not signposted well there are little alarm clocks those are apparently your check uh checkpoints i literally did not know that the entire time i was playing and only learned it after i started googling stuff about Klonoa 2 after the fact i learned yeah. that the alarm clocks are checkpoints it's just never registered with me anyways so i interpret this game as just being i mean it's it's being generous with you and in that way it's not being punishing with you because what the lives would do is if you eventually run out of lives all that's really going to happen to you is okay now your checkpoint is gone you're going to restart just this level that happened to me one time in my entire run right the basically the last proper puzzle platformer level of the game is the finally the time i ran out of lives and had to restart and then it really wasn't that big of a deal because it's like well i've i've learned all the puzzles the thing about klonoa right. 2 is the execution is never actually that difficult generally speaking it's just learning how the puzzle works and then you can do it that's not to say there are some executions in this game where the floatiness uh gets ahead of itself and you're just like trying to throw one enemy at a moving target in the background and the collision is not very generous and so you're just like throwing an enemy nope i missed i guess i'll try again guess i'll try again guess i'll try again and that happens a lot especially towards the end of the game yeah but yeah i i interpret this game as just like kind of being on your side it's got that kirby quality right it wants you to play the whole game it doesn't want to just sit here and punish you with difficult things if you've solved the puzzle it wants you to move on so it hands you a bunch of extra lives it does reduce tension i definitely agree with that mm. but 
Um, I don't know. For a puzzle platformer, that's not the kind of tension I'm personally looking for anyways. It's just this, like, arbitrary, you ran out of lives, time to get reset, I guess. Like, that uh, That doesn't do anything for me personally. Yeah, uh, I, I think my problem, though, is that the game actually does get pretty difficult at times. So mm -hmm. that feels like a, a bit of tension in the design to me yeah, of just, like, sure. the game is hard, but we have this lives mechanic that is just kind of hanging out here. Yeah, it's, it's not definitely. really doing anything. And I think you agree with that, that it's just yes. kind of, it's just there. Yeah. I don't know well, why here's there's the lives thing is because Canola, I didn't, but, yeah, because it wasn't really even like, why is my, why is my life counter a coin? I have no idea why, like it, it's not really translating very well that you even have lives. I did not know I had lives until I ran out of them. Like, I wasn't looking oh, at that. Wow. I wasn't even... Because the, the UI element only just pops up for, like, a quick second, right? And oh, then it yeah, goes that's away. that's right. That's so right. So I'm not... You don't just have a life counter in the top right all the time. Yeah, it's, you the, the game, see it The game is second. cleaning up its UI all the time. It's a very clean game. It's not... It's not, it's not just, like, a bunch of numbers all over the screen. Um, so I just was never paying attention to it. I couldn't even figure out, like, on your save file, it says a number. And I was like, what is this number? Is this number how... What level I'm on? Is this number... I didn't know. I, it just, like, wasn't <laughs> registering with me. So one of the things I was going to say about this game was, I love that there's just no lives. You just play it and you just mm -hmm. get through it. And then when I ran out of lives, I was like, oh, wait, shit, what is what is happening? No, I, <laughs> I've completely upended my favorite thing about this game, which is just like how nice it is. It's like, actually, it's not nice. It's just easy. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Right. Yeah. Um, there are boss fights in the game as well. The boss fights kind of make use of this kind of... Um, arena yeah it's kind of a similar arena setup most of the time where um you are kind of on like a circular track and the boss is like in the center of that yep um of, of that donut that you're sort of hanging out on yeah um and then a lot of it has to do with uh an aspect of klonoa that isn't really utilized a lot is the idea that you can throw enemies like towards the screen yeah or like away from the screen right which i would say every time it uses that in the game it's kind of confusing and a, like i would say that's where the game is at its most finicky and i would describe the feel of this game as very finicky i have trouble executing commands the same way mm -hmm. Lanoa has like kind of a kind of a, a floaty weird feeling to me it doesn't have that like kind of solid mario friction is yeah. like how i would describe sure like a good platformer friction it's a little more like Mega Man or a little more like kirby mm -hmm. where it feels a little like imprecise yeah and every time the game asks you to throw something into the screen i just could not judge <laughs> yeah. properly like where to throw at what point to throw yeah um and it does it with boss fights boss fights aren't as bad as sometimes it will ask you to do it uh as part of a puzzle and every time that was the case man it would just you. the game would just slow to a grinding halt yeah. and i would be like okay I will I will attempt again, Klonoa. I I hope that we can do it this time. Yeah. And it wouldn't really be like that type of difficulty where um I'm like, oh, I'm losing and I need to like it's more just like, okay, I just gotta just do gonna this. grab it again. We're gonna yeah. try this one more right. time. I know exactly um, what to do. It's just not doing it yet, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like I, you haven't taught me anything new to better myself right. at this mechanic. I'm just it's not executing for me. Yeah, my I I didn't have as much of that because I 
really like these kinds of floaty. I mean, the, the whole thing is this game feels straight up and down Kirby Crystal Shards. What's really actually the, the proper way to word it is Kirby Crystal Shards feels straight up and down like Klonoa because Klonoa 1 did come out before Crystal Shards uh, existed. Mm. So Cl- Crystal Shards, one of my favorite Nintendo 64 platformers is in many ways, just straight ripping Klonoa 2's whole stuff. I mean, the way yeah. you grab enemies, the way you throw enemies, the way you jump, so much. The boss fights, exactly how they are in Crystal Shards. It's the same structure of boss fights in Kirby Crystal Shards. You're in a little donut ring, and you throw stuff at the screen. Like, all of that stuff is exactly the same. Um, so... To me, it all felt really good and natural, and I didn't bump up against as many. Although, that's not to say there aren't... I still did have a few puzzles where that was the case, and it was that same exact feeling. When you're failing at a puzzle, it's rarely because you don't understand the puzzle. It's because the mechanical thing of the puzzle is just like, well, it didn't work. The worst one is like one of the last things in the game in the puzzle platformer sections is like there's these three little birds just flying around in circles they're just like kind of flying away from you and towards you and in these like arcing motions and you have one of those crystal monsters and you're just trying to hit the birds and it's like i i see exactly what i'm supposed to do but it feels more or less random if you're actually gonna get a hit on one of these so you just sit there for 10 minutes throwing birds hope or throwing this crystal thing at birds and hoping you get it and when you did it you're like wow I don't feel like I achieved anything. I just did the task you asked me to do. Great. We made yeah. it. Yeah, there's just there's just a lot of for me there's a lot of little moments like that where I feel like the game kind of I don't know, it it, it makes me feel what's a good way to describe it? It's like like somebody made this game and was like, "Yeah, I th- we can do it's it's uh th- this is solvable. The player can figure this out." Yeah. And it's like, "Yes, the player can figure this out." But is it kind of annoying? Like, does it feel like that's what that's what I would have if, if I was in the board game, I'd be like, doesn't this challenge feel kind of annoying, though, yeah. even though like, yes, it is communicating visually, perhaps like really effectively where the player comes into the screen and they're like, I know how this puzzle works. Yeah. But it, it honestly, for me, my only problem with this game and, and like. It's it's a it's a big problem, but it's actually not the type of thing where it just completely ruins the experience. It just comes down to game feel. Yeah. How does it feel to be Glenoa? How right. does it feel to like traverse this world? Yeah. Um, we were talking about the the snowboarding stuff earlier. That feels good. Yeah. That that's good game feel right there. Right. But the way that Klonoa moves across the screen, the amount of distance that Klonoa covers via a jump yeah it doesn't feel right to me and i know that can be like maybe kind of frustrating to just listen to someone on a podcast say it feels wrong right but boot up you know boot up two different platformers and experiment with like how those characters feel to control right and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about and i'm sure a lot of people do they're just like yeah i there's it's it it's a lot of really nitty-gritty stuff yeah to to describe in depth like it's one of those things where like we talk about jumping a lot in platformers jumping is crazy complicated there's so many like little decisions that are being made as far as like well how high do they jump how much uh like how much horizontal movement do they get out of Mm -hmm. jumping 
Um, how quickly can they jump again? If like, you hold the button down, how does that change the arc of your jump compared to yeah, if you just yeah, tap yeah. the jump? Like little stuff. How much right. gimme you do you hop? get? Yeah, yeah, do you hop? Do, right. you, do you get to actually jump three pixels after you've left the edge of a platform? Right, or do you right, right. actually fall? There's so much going on in platform and, game and design. Planoa is on the dial. It's turned down to like a kind of very, a very slow... Yes. Uh, like just it's just all slow it yeah. just has kind of a slow floaty vibe to it, it. and that's hard I, there's not really a game with that type of friction and that that mm -hmm. type of game feel that i am a huge fan of right. i don't like kirby um the closest is mega man which i liked as a kid yeah. and then when i was older when i was in college i decided to replay some of the old mega man games and i just realized that like Mega Man annoys me. I yeah. feel annoyed when I play Mega Man. It gets under my skin in a way that it doesn't, I don't get that good, like, satisfying feeling. And that's, that's like how, like, game feel can make you feel, Yeah. I mean, <laughs> game feel can make you feel, huh? Wow, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty bold of me to say. It, it's the part of the, the design that makes you, uh, go like, whoa, I'm, this is really hitting the spot right yeah. now, you know, to go back to food, which right. is, I think, uh, always a good place to go back right. to. Well, and, games. and again, to just to give the counterpoint, it did work for me. So this is also like, a, this is a personal oh. thing. This is not a, Hunter's not saying any of this objectively. He's saying his experience was very much that it just was clunky and he was bound. It's not how he wants it to feel. Whereas for me, I don't actually really like how something like Sonic the Hedgehog 2D feels, right? Even though right. it's a beloved game, it's objectively pretty great. I don't like that quick pace. I really like the slow pace. I like the methodical, even if it's the sacrifice of that slower pace is that sometimes like clunky things happen. Those are things I just like can overlook because I'm enjoying the rest of the feel and the rest of the pace. I would, I, I want to hear you contrast it with Mario. How sure. do you feel like, cause you like Mario, right? I like, like I mean, Mario. You like, you like playing as Mario. Yeah. I don't. Mario's pretty fast. Like Mario, Mario, Mario real mo really moves, you know? Mario is pretty fast or at the least can be pretty fast. But I would say as a kid, I certainly did not play Mario fast. And even nowadays, um, because I'm kind of a hundred percenter in platformers, if you're doing hundred percent stuff, you're you're generally taking Mario actually decently slow. And if anything, hmm. the times I get the most frustrated with Mario is when I'm like trying to burn through levels and go really fast. But if you think about how often you can actually just stop and wait for your jump and then do it in Mario, you can get away with a decent amount, um, especially when you get into like Mario World Yoshi stuff. Like you can do a lot of like hopping around and jumping off of Yoshi to see yeah, where yeah. that gets you. You can play around in the space of Mario quite a bit in a way I've never felt with Sonic. Sonic, it feels like I hit the track I hit, like I hit the, 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 the line, you know, there's a bunch of lines in Sonic that you can end up on. And I feel like it's almost seemingly random, which one I decide to take. I don't, I never really like learn a Sonic level because there's so many branching paths. Whereas right. like I learn there's only really like one path in a Mario or especially in Klonoa too. Like there's never, it's never branching in any direction. It's just asking you to do kind of one thing at a time. And the collection quest, the hundred percentiness of it is like, but have you really cleared this room? And that stuff kind of clicks with me is like the idea of like really, really investigate this one room that you're in right now. Have you found everything? Have you got everything you wanted to get? Take your time with it. Go slow and see if you touched every object you wanted to to get to um right. and and that's the stuff that that clicks with me
I want you now, because I, I feel like I've kind of gotten, I've gotten my stuff out of the way. I want you now to, to go, to take us, to invite us in <laughs> to your wonder, because I mean, like, before we started recording this, Matt, you, you were really talking up, like, your experience with this game. Yeah. So I want to hear how, how I want to hear the good stuff. All I, right. We've gotten my stuff out of the way. Sure, Who sure. Who cares? Th this game, for me, the puzzles are really satisfying in a way of it's not like mist or the witness or something where like these puzzles are so obtuse that once you solve them you feel like a genius right that's not right. what klonoa is doing klonoa is a kids game like it's it's puzzles for kids and towards the end of the game they get a little bit tougher but i like quick tight little puzzles right i like doing a morning sudoku or your wordle or whatever right the wordle is not a hard puzzle game but i like knocking that out in the morning i still do wordle every day i'm one of those wow. freaks um so klonoa 2 is a bunch of small little micro puzzles uh another thing hunter i was watching your stream of klonoa 2 and another thing you noted a lot of that i hadn't even thought of until you said it was one of the other weird issues with Klonoa 2 is that the levels are really, really long. They're just yep. crazy long. You you are just asked to do so much in a single... To sit down and play Klonoa 2 is like a 45-minute long investment per level or whatever. Right. Like, it's it's just like a crazy... It's not actually that long, but it, it can feel like it, that's for sure. Um, yeah, they feel... The levels feel long, and, and also I want to call out because not enough that they're just long it's that actually they start short yeah and then they get long they get longer and longer weird but the pacing of the game seems strange in that way for me i'm taking it puzzle at a time especially because like i said i play this whole thing in one sitting anyways i wasn't even thinking of it as like this level i'm just like i'm playing this whole game today and i knew that going into it so i think that colors my perception of this game a little bit is like mm -hmm. this was just one long experience for me this was watching a movie of klonoa 2 i was not watching the mini series of klonoa 2 i i was right. in for the long haul um so to me i'm taking each puzzle as its bite bite size segment so to me the game felt like i was going through everything so fast and the levels themselves were just like a this is gonna be the art some of the levels the the art the art in them gets so cool there's one level in particular where you're like at a at like a you're in like a fun house. It's like you're you're doing mirror stuff and flipping around in yeah, the yeah. environment. It's very, very cool. Uh, I, I liked a lot of the environments. One of my favorite levels is a, it's got a big snowboarding section in it and it's got the best song in the game where Klonoa himself is singing in it. And that song rules. I'm gonna play it right now just for a second. Cause I think it's hilarious. I don't know all of that stuff really worked for me because it was just like one little piece at a time and i got i was like really really investing myself in the whole vibe of everything we haven't talked about story yet but i was surprised by the story of klonoa 2 now don't let that get ahead of you because i recognize it's just like a basic puzzle platformer this ain't celeste this isn't doing <laughs> celeste right. emotional stuff although the writers of this game certainly are more in line with your celestes 
than they are with your Mario's. Where Mario, like, the story is just like, wahoo, right? That's it. Okay, that's the story of a Mario game, generally speaking. Uh-huh. Save, the, save the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, but Klonoa 2 starts fairly simple. It's kind of just like a collection thing. Like, oh, you got to go ring all of the bells of the kingdom. But by the end of the game, first off, this game gets anime as hell. It gets so Kingdom Heartsy anime, like the the way the characters are they talking just make about, noises. Yeah, they well, just they're just they're just noises. making noises. But the the dialogue itself, uh, the game is full of like this sort of uh, symbology. The kingdoms are all named after uh, essentially like modes of thinking. There's tranquility, and there's mm-hmm. you know there's all these things that the the feeling of this game is. Again, you're a dream traveler, like, but the, the, the idea that the, the game finishes on, and I'll kind of spoil it here because it's not like it's the biggest thing, but the idea is you're traveling all these kingdoms and there's been one fifth hidden kingdom the whole time, the kingdom of sorrow. And I don't know, I think by the end it tells a really, really special story about like hiding your sorrow rather than investigating your own sorrow, accepting sorrow, and letting that be a part of how you handle all of your emotions. It's that sort of like inside out story, right? The, the Pixar movie Inside Out, where it's like, mm-hmm. you are allowed to feel bad about things and you should welcome bad feelings. This game tells a story about that in its goofy little character puzzle platformer. And I think it does it pretty effectively. I mean, it's got cute characters that you get somewhat invested in if you're willing to, if you're willing to, I don't know, embrace the the child side. It's not, you know, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't Better Call Saul character writing, It, but it's, it's, I, I think it's good little character platformer writing. And there is, you, you can read stuff about how now, that was a specific goal. The the writer of this game, uh, Hideo Yoshizawa, has specifically talked about he felt like platformers and a lot of video games of this time were not doing enough with their stories, and he wanted to push it a little bit. And I think he succeeds, uh, especially in Klonoa 2. Klonoa 1, I haven't played, but you can watch some of the cinematics of Klonoa 1. There's certainly a lot of emotion. There's a crazy thing that happens at the end of Klonoa 1 where you beat the game, and then the void that Klonoa belongs in reopens up and is like, you are done. You have to get sucked back into the void, and Klonoa's like screaming, I don't want to go, please don't. And like, it's it's a horrifying scene for the end of a kid's game, but that's the kind of vibe of these games is like a very anime emotionality that I got into in a way I wasn't expecting. So I think that was the other thing carrying me along is I was getting hooked enough into the puzzle stuff in the first half. And then once the plot really starts to click in in the second half, like that was actually carrying me through and keeping me invested while the puzzles also got more complex. Some of those late levels, I was obsessed with the puzzles and how how like all over the place they got. I w- and, and they I was clicking into them uh, rather quickly, but I like that. I like when when I can just sort of see a puzzle and it makes me feel fat like smart because I'm understanding them really quickly and I can burn through them really fast. I like those kind of quick easy puzzles. Yeah. Um for me, I could tell like the the story was there and I I just it just couldn't really enter my brain, although I do um completely agree with the idea that, you know, especially at this point most platformers don't really have uh, emotional stories. Yeah. Um, and that I could definitely tell that Klonoa 2 was going for something like that. And I think that's admirable. Um, however, it's also, we're, this is also a 2001 mm-hmm. season where we're focusing on 2001. Yeah. And I would say that actually we're basically just like right on the cusp of that being 
pretty commonplace, yes. actually, of platformers having like pretty developed stories and, and characters and stuff. And I would not say that that what Klonoa 2 is doing even touches like the stuff that is about to happen totally. in like the Jack and Daxter games or even I don't know. I, I mean, those Ratchet and Clank games get pretty goofy, uh, but uh, they do have like a lot of, uh, you know, kind of Saturday morning cartoon type uh, personality to them. Right. Um, right. And even before uh, Klonoa 2, you have uh, Ape Escape has like a similar aspect to it where it's like a goofy platformer premise for, for, for teens, you yeah. know. Yeah. But then you play the game and there's a lot of uh, anime emotional storytelling with like characters that there's some investment. So it's not that Klonoa 2 is just like kind of the only game with a story. It's that it it goes straight for some emotional stuff yeah. that a lot of games don't go to. I just think it's kind of a shame that the way the story is given to you is that the characters make like like goofy little <laughs> noises. So yeah. it's just like very easy to kind of ignore the story that is happening. Sure. And honestly, I do think the game would have been better served uh, with an actual voice cast. Yeah. Um, because that's what all of the games that are about to happen have yeah and it helps them tell these these stories and it helps you really like kind of invest in it i had no problem ignoring all of this stuff that i could tell by the end i could tell that there was some good stuff happening here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but because of the goofy silly noises it was very easy to just be like oh yeah whatever yeah um but also like you kind of have to be like it, it's that type of tone that kind of whimsical tone yes that you have to like kind of be open to and also matt i would say like this is another kirby aspect where it's like for sure oh you, yeah you you are a whimsical man yeah matt i you like, like a whimsical you like story. your whimsy yeah you well, like your whimsy because here's the thing is i say it's it gets anime as heck and like i'm not a person who traditionally likes anime as heck things and like i don't like the style of final fantasy 7 and final fantasy 7 gets anime as heck and then you got your right no, but you got your number of belt buckles. Not whimsical exactly that's, the, that's what i saying. love i love a whimsy right i love yeah. a miyazaki movie i love there's there's all sorts of things that i like that can be told in this way. But yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's gotta it's gotta have a whimsy to it. When it gets it can get self-serious if it was also just nice, nice and like kind of idealistic and childlike in the earlier phases of it. Then it can right. sort of dip into more serious storytelling. But if it comes out the gate just like this is about a big deal, ah, it, it pretty quickly loses me, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So there we go. There's Klonoa 2. Yeah. Are you ready to rank this? And I, which ranking do you want to do first? I want to start with 2001 uh, because okay. I, I'd like to talk about it because I liked what you were saying. I want to carry on the beats of what you were just talking about in terms of uh, this in relation to like what is about to happen with platformers and where we're about to be with all this stuff and just yeah. kind of uh, suss that out a bit more. So our current... 2001 ranking is number one halo combat evolved then super monkey ball then tony hawks pro skater 3 then pikmin and then sonic adventure 2 right i would say definitively klonoa 2 is the least important game on this list so far it's yeah not it's notable of, for right. any sort of 
happenings. You know, there's no Sega, Sonic Adventure, Monkey it's Ball stuff. It's not new. And it's not or, new. Or 2001. It's not yeah. inventing anything. It's one of those things where it's like, we're actually still just trying to get really good at the thing we've been doing for like a decade or whatever now. Not even a decade, but like five years, this... this 2.5 actually maybe a decade of of these sort of like expanding beyond standard 2d stuff it's it's trying to further perfect that form rather than investigating the like very new form of full 3d environments and stuff i find that commendable but also it definitely means that this game just sort of existed in 2001 so in terms right. of legacy this would be bottom of the list um but that's not the only thing at play here i would not say that I would not say that it's like less worthy of that than I mean Sonic Adventure 2 yes does have like open 3D environments but yeah I'm out. <laughs> I, I don't care um and and it's not you know when it's Sonic time when it's real platforming time uh we're just long tunnel style and yeah. it doesn't even experiment with all the different ways you can present that although right. I will say there is the part where Sonic is on the surfboard and is coming towards the screen uh-huh that's sort of a Crash Bandicoot-esque thing. But overall, I would say Klonoa 2 is a better summation yeah. of the late 90s in platforming than Sonic Adventure 2 could ever hope to be. Right. Um, so I would easily put Klonoa 2 above Sonic Adventure 2. I just think it immediately is going to run into... So So we've got the next the next two on the list are Pikmin and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Yep. Klonoa 2 has way more in common with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 than it has with Pikmin. Pikmin is like a new thing, yeah, you know? Right. And Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 is just the kind of capstone of an old thing. Right. In the same way that Klonoa 2 feels like capstone of an old thing, an yes. old form that we right. are about to kind of completely cast off. Right. Um, right. But And, I, and to that yeah. end, too, I think um, if we're going to make that comparison between Klonoa 2 and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3... I think Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 truly is the capstone, and the reason there's not good stuff following it up is there's not much more to investigate with that format. Like that, they that is just sort of like a perfect encapsulation of what you can have there, uh, mm. without really just dramatically changing sort of primary components of it. Whereas Klonoa 2, it's like Klonoa 2 is for me an incredibly good 2.5D platformer hardly the end of the story of what is possible in the future of 2.5d platformers there's there's plenty more that's going to come out in the future that i i think you can you can carry so in even like the importance of like was this a definitive thing that we found out in 2001 and carries forward into the future i don't whereas tony hawk i do feel like you can still look at tony hawk 3 and be like yep that is like that's the sort of ultimate breaking point of that kind of game and it ended in 2001 so where so what am i what am i getting here as far as where you want want to put klonoa 2 I, I, I feel like it could it could belong below pikmin to me because i mean yeah. Pik, pikmin i'm a little bit more on the fence of because i'm just like that's a cool game and it's inventive and the series does I, apparently other more interesting stuff later neither of yeah. us have that experience with it yet but right. even just judging on there, there's a there's a part of me that is failing to ignore um, cultural reception and and how society responded to these two right. things. And when you streamed Pikmin, people that never paid attention to old gamers almanac came in the stream and was like, "Oh, Pikmin! You're playing Pikmin! Oh, yeah, how's, how's it going?" Pikmin. And Klonoa too. Every single person that came into the stream was like, "What is this? What's this yeah. thing?" So it's just yeah. like it's it's that's hard to even though like I enjoyed the playing of Klonoa two more. I think Klonoa two is maybe a better 
game, but it's certainly not in, more important to 2001. So for the 2001 ranking, I think firmly Klonoa 2 goes below Pikmin and Tony Hawk yeah. Pro Skater 3. I think that we should swap Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and Pikmin's position. That's cute. Here's okay. why. Yeah. Here's why. Pikmin is such a good representation of where, of what kind of era Nintendo is heading into. Mm. It's a one of weird experimentation that does not solidly, it's, it's, it's like their least solid era, right? Yeah. Is this kind of GameCube era. Even into the Wii, actually, it's sort of not that solid because while the Wii has like a really good gimmick, Nintendo is like kind of doing these like weird swings yeah. that like don't always hit solidly. Right. And I think that for the 2001 list, any games that we feel like are looking backwards more than they're looking forwards, mm -hmm. I feel like should take a bit of a hit. Yeah. And I would say that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 is look like everything we just said about Klonoa 2 is absolutely the type of thing that tony hawk's pro skater 3 also exhibits yes it's just that in your in your estimation tony hawk's pro skater 3 is of higher quality yeah whereas pikmin to me feels like a distinctly 2001 experience yeah. every time we look at that list of the best games of 2001 and tony hawk's pro skater 3 is up there i'm always like oh yeah that came out in 2001 <laughs> like it doesn't well feel it's, it's like hilarious one game too because you, earlier you said like it's looking backwards tony hawk's pro skater 2 and 1 are just the last two it's 99 2000 and 2001 so tony hawk's pro skater 3 is not even looking back that far into its own history it's looking back at itself though. it's looking back yeah. at itself two years ago and one year ago it's just it's, it's an ea sports game you know it's it's the newest ncaa football game but it's right. but it's skating <laughs> But it's also looking backwards to an old platform. Yes. Which Klonoa 2 is also doing. For it's sure. looking back to PlayStation you know, 1. The the PlayStation and all of the great 2.5D yep. PlayStation platforming games like Crash Bandicoot or Tomba or uh what else what else is there that's 2.5D on the PlayStation? I don't know. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff like that. It was a very pop popular platform right. or a uh, type of game. Anyways, what's funny? Okay, so to I think me, you've already made that change. So you're all right with Pikmin cool actually with getting that third spot. Sure, now. I like it. I think Pikmin's inventive and fun and weird, and 2001 is a fun and inventive and weird year. And I think that is better is. a better story. Even though okay. I, I think Tony Hawk's three is among the most noteworthy in terms of just socially games of 2001, I don't think that matters as much. Because like you're saying, it's kind of just an iterative thing. I think it's the right. apex of those iterations. Um, but I, I have no issue with Pikmin going above it. I, I, I like it. Okay. Um, okay. What's One thing I want to note here while we're just talking about it and while we're talking about 2001, uh, EJ was playing a lot of Rollerdrome the other day, a game that just came out. And right. there was a Polygon article that pointed at, that said this very funny thing. And they don't even, th actually, the article doesn't even say it. I think the social media person over at Polygon screwed up. But they said that Rollerdrome is Tony Hawk meets Max Payne, which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any yeah. sense at all. And the article that itself talks about Mad Max, not Max Payne. Oh, so okay. I think the social media person <laughs> screwed up, which is hilarious. But even in just saying that, I am more curious to check out Rollerdrome at this point, partially just because seeing EJ play it. Rollerdrome might be our proper 
2001 like i think roller drome is a game looking at 2001 and being like let's return to this style of game right where it's right it actually looks a bit clunky and and solid like it doesn't have like a super rich modern game feel to it it seems like although it sounds like under the hood it is doing that ej was playing it and saying hey this is great this feels great even if it looks kind of whatever but i just want right. to pause it I don't I'm not saying we're going to swap anything out in in our off topic lists of what's coming up this season. But uh, Roller Drone bumped up for a thing I want to play uh, because it's Tony Hawk as Ooh. heck. And I want to check that out at, at some point. So if y'all y'all in the community, if you're playing Roller Drone, tell t- tell us about it. Let's get that conversation going. I want to I just want to hear about more about Roller Drone and how you feel it fits. Do you think it's a 2001 game spiritually? Is that what it's hearkening back to? I don't know. That's a that's a thought to put out there. All right. It's Klonoa 2 on the master list time, the main list, where we will rank it, and it will forever be exactly estimated to be (laughs) as good as exactly we say it is Uh forever, unless we change it. Yes. In which case, it will change to whatever we say it is then. Um, Matt, which was it? So lately, we've been... I I really like the way we've been doing it lately, which is we say which which tens place you think it belongs in, and then we talk about that ten, that group of ten. I feel it, it, this one is a bit more divisive you liked it less than i did i liked it quite a lot uh especially mm-hmm. it like in the day or so after playing it i was riding incredibly high on this game i was like whoa this this really blew me away this is like a top sort of uh non 16-bit platformer for me right it's not a 3d right. platformer but a, a a a post n64 world platformer this like hit very high for me um, I don't know that I don't think that's going to like remain true, but for me, it works really well. I could see it very firmly belonging in kind of the 20s for me personally, oh, wow. personally, you didn't like it that much. No, 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 no. Listen, I listen, thought listen. you were going to go Pers- hardcore. No, no, no. Listen, I'm saying personally, I, I feel it would be in the teens. It's in the teens for me. But I do not think that's where it's going to end up on the list. So I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll argue for teens. Yeah, argue for the teens. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so I am going to argue, see, this is perfect because I'm going to argue 30s. for it being in the 30s. <laughs> um, yeah. So therefore, we'll talk about the 20s. Exactly. For I, do, it, right? I, think, I yeah. think it will properly belong there because for me, probably, if I were just slapping this on the list, I would probably put it right below Jet Set Radio. That's probably where it would end up on my on my personal list if this were my personal list, which it's not. I have, my, I have my own personal list elsewhere. But I like this right, right, quite right. a lot. I don't think it's stylistically as cool as Jet Set Radio, but I thought it was more fun to play than Jet Set Radio. But that's what always happens with Jet Set Radio with me. So stuff ends up falling below Jet Set Radio quite often. But I, I like it. Okay. I like it more than Monkey Ball. I like it more than a lot of stuff. Um, but... Yeah, it's let's let's talk twenties. Let's talk about the twenties. Should so, we just start right in the middle? Like, should we start in the no, middle? Because we're no. no, okay. We're starting at the bottom. Okay, and then we'll we'll see how much you can. Argue so you're making you're making this my task to get this yes, up. Yes, because Matt, I never get to be lower on any game. Please do not rob this from me. <laughs> Please do not take this away from me. I will, uh, but I want to read you the. This is the the tens place that we're considering. I'm going to read you twenty to thirty. So number 20 is Crusader Kings 3, number 21 is Skyrim, number 22 is Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, number 23 is Portal, number 24 Soul Calibur, number 25 is Pikmin, 26 Kirby Superstar, 27 Mass Effect 3, 28 Sonic the Hedgehog's 19, Sonic's the Hedgehog, Sonic's Hedgehog, (laughs) Um, 29 Halo 3, and then 30 is Journey. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's it, for it to be in the twenties place. Actually, I'm kind of cheating there. So let's start at twenty nine. Actually, and say so. Klonoa two 
versus Halo 3. Sure. Um, I actually, while I don't think it belongs in this grouping, yeah. I, in my own estimation, think that Halo 3 is higher on this list than, than it, it should be. Sure. So I already am kind of down to say that, hey, I mean, I just think that Halo 3 is is just merely okay right. and not actually that great of a game. Yeah. Um I think I I don't know. Let's see. Actually, I have I have been keeping track of exactly what I think about everything. Let's see. Oh, okay, interesting. So, on my own personal list, I rated Halo 3 two spots above Klonoa 2. So, I guess I sort of these are two games yeah. where I'm like just kind of on the fence and I'm saying like right. I guess I prefer Halo 3. Um, really just because of the good times that we've had with the multiplayer, yes. and that's basically the only thing holding Halo 3 together. Halo 3 um, exists on its social elements kind of alone. Um, my argument for Halo 3 has always been that the single player is pretty bad, but it's at least trying things that I find more admirable than Halo 2, essentially. Halo 3, it's like Halo 3 does better because Halo 2 exists and I hate it so much is, is right. what seems to happen quite often. Uh, but for for me, as a as a holistic experience, Klonoa 2 hit a lot harder. If I'd had more time and if I had experienced Klonoa 2 as an 11-year-old child when it came out, right. I would have dug, I would have sunk my teeth deep, just, I would have gone hard on it. Now, I do think there's a limit to that because, like I said earlier, the crystal collection quest of Klonoa 2 of getting 150 in every single level, that actually feels a bit beyond what I would be willing to do even as a kid. Because I like it when it's like, there's the, the other collection we didn't talk about, there's uh, there's like basically puzzle pieces you can collect. They're stars, and then they fit into a puzzle or whatever. And there's six right. of those every single level. I would have done that for sure if I didn't have, if if I had had more time with Klonoa two or whatever, I would have done that kind of a hundred percent anything. So to to me, that's like a thing saying how much it like really synced with my uh, desires and like knowing right. how much I like Kirby and the Crystal Shards. Like this this game is all up and down that kind of game. I love. I just think the puzzles are are really clever in a lot of ways. I think the enemy design and how they contribute to puzzles is very good in a way that Halo 3 is just getting away with sort of being this open-ended thing where it's just like, here's a bunch of tools, I hope it works for you socially, and a lot of it does, but like I think as an intentional design, there are so many more things that are worth noting in Klonoa 2 than there are in Halo 3. Yeah, I'm 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 all right with it um, because they're so close on my personal list that yeah. it's just kind of like I don't know I don't I don't think it means too much to me what order they're put in. Yeah. However, the next uh, oh, man. game is well, then, Sonic the Hedgehog 1991. Uh, this which is so is awkward because it's way high well, on your it, list, <laughs> way higher. Uh, it's, yeah, it's much much higher on on my own personal estimation because I'm such a big fan of Sonic. Yes, we've already talked about Sonic a little bit in the mm -hmm. um, context of this episode, Matt. You really don't connect with uh, how how Sonic works. Yeah, I I can understand Klonoa too, even though I don't like the game feel. I think that Sonic just doesn't even register to you. It doesn't. Like, I, I, am I right to say that? Yeah, yep. like. Sonic 2D Sonic is it may as well be nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? It may as well my fear, not exist. My fear for this show is someday we will do Sonic Mania and even Sonic Mania might not click with me. Oh, I don't it, think it I'm will. willing I think I'm, you just, I'm, I think it just I'm gonna open my heart up to it and I want it to work, but I do I kinda do fear that actually I'm just not a Sonic 2D guy. Honestly, I think that's kind of what the project is learning is like or what this project is about is learning like how many you know how many games 
kind of styles just don't they just don't even it's not even like it's not like oh you don't like them it's like they're not even games like they don't even they don't exist click with me you yeah. know what i mean yeah, yeah. Um, um so this this would be an awkward one to talk about in general because like just for me klonoa 2 feels better for you sonic obviously feels better i don't know how we get past that sonic clearly has a legacy over klonoa 2 nobody knows klonoa as a mascot platformer there is no right. legacy to klonoa um, which I think is a crying shame. I think I, I really wish Namco had been able to do more Klonoa, but it just never sold well. It wasn't it wasn't doing anything bold enough, mm-hmm. which is sad. But I because I just think it's aiming more for um, something that's really technically solid, um, despite not experimenting, maybe. Um, and, and that's right. it's failing. But I love that. Like, I love that it is it really works for me um, as a, as a mechanical experience. Um, So it's just, it's just a shame. So yeah, obviously personally, I want it to go above Sonic the Hedgehog and that's just kind of a almost impossible um, sort of thing to sell you on. I wonder if we can play a little meta gamey and look at like Mass Effect and Kirby or if you, um, if you, if you want to skip ahead. No, no, I, I I was actually just going to concede on the Sonic the Hedgehog point. I think that, you know, I, it's, it's so singular uh, in its space here, you know, like, like, I think because it's a game that I feel so strongly on, but you mm-hmm. feel like I would say like 0% on, Yeah, I think, I think, because I like, I'm willing to indulge in Klonoa and, and find things that I like about it. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like the other, if you switch the conversation, it's like, it's just kind of. You're more negative on Sonic than I am yeah. on Klonoa 2. Well, and so I think and, in that way, we have to let Klonoa 2 go above Sonic. Yeah, and this used to happen more often where we would also talk about eventually Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. And I'll bring that point up again of, I do think Sonic 2 and 3 at least click a little bit more. I mean, I think Sonic 2, 3, and Mania will probably go above Klonoa 2 when those someday hit the list or whatever. Um, yeah. I just, for me, it really was specifically Sonic the Hedgehog 1 is this like other clunky thing that I really don't get down with. I think that, well, yeah, it's funny. You're the one I, who, I, you just replayed all three of them. So like you, yeah. you, you I, I don't stand I, behind I think actually, the trilogy. I, 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 I do think that most of the things that you did not connect with Sonic the Hedgehog 1 yeah. on is going to be true of the sequels as well. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's, it's a series that gets better, uh, for a while um and and i mean i don't know actually sonic sonic 2 actually might be better than sonic 3 uh and and sonic and knuckles it's it's really hard to say because they're all so close and they were developed uh in such a specific span of time anyways let's let klonoa 2 go above sonic the hedgehog let's talk about klonoa 2 versus mass effect 3 um <laughs> well, so where, we can where do, do you what start the point of the show is yeah uh mass effect 3 is um you know, it's the conclusion of the bold experiment and that boldness is getting rewarded kind of exclusively in Mass Effect 3 on this list now. Mass Effect 2 and 1, we have both kind of said, yeah, fine, you existed. And 3 is the one getting all the points these days mm-hmm. as far as the list is concerned. Um, I still think we have to remember that that experiment in the end was a failure. And uh, to, to me... That failing uh, is something you feel the whole time, and it's hard to compare that to Klonoa because Klonoa's not really experimenting. So, what could they fail on? So, it's not it's not a fair thing to lump them together on, right? But 
Um, and and again, you know, I'm I'm riding higher on Klonoa, so I think even the the feel of it actually works quite well where you don't. So I'm, you know, this is where I'm willing to slow down because I look at what's next and it's Kirby well, see, Superstar. Okay. So, and, so let's and it's play the meta game and, and let's let's just have I'll leave. Um, no, no, no. Matt, you can just <laughs> talk to yourself. So Matt versus Matt, Kirby Superstar versus Klonoa 2. That's what I want to that's what sure. I want to happen. I um which floaty it's... whimsical platformer really does it for you? Yeah. Kirby versus uh, Kirby's protege, Klonoa. Well, because here's the thing, too, is let's remember, I'm not really saying Klonoa is a Kirby game so much as Klonoa and Crystal Shards are the same Sure, game. sure. So when, one of the... But I, one, I actually see a lot in common between the there's, two. There, there's still... there's Yeah, there are other things that are in common, but it's, it's, it's incredibly stark. It's a very obvious comparison with uh, the 64 Kirby. Um, yes. Superstar is this weird other thing that is hard to understand why it even exists the way it exists. Like, why did they release this, like... It's six game. It's six tiny games in one. I don't know. I'll I'll never know. Understand the answer to why Kirby Superstar is structured the way that it is. And as a kid, I really liked that. The recent playthrough of it, I felt like I was seeing more through the the seeing through it more. It it just is not as interesting as a single player experience. Kirby Superstar is has always had some clunk to it. Um, mm -hmm. and I what I what I explain or what you know what i what i shout about with kirby superstars that i think it's a great co-op experience but even then it's incredibly simple um so klonoa 2 was more fun for me to solve the puzzles than kirby superstar ever is kirby superstar is just right like, you just sort of barrel through it and you keep going and it's a very turn your brain off kind of game um but for me pound for pound where i'm feeling right now is that klonoa 2 would go above kirby Dang. superstar um, I, I think, Hunter, uh, you know how much my history with Kirby Superstar means to me, right. but I think what I've failed to express on this show is how little that seemed to matter when, when I returned to it this year. Even though I've, right. retur I've returned to C Kirby Superstar often. Like, I've returned right. to C Kirby Superstar within the last five years, but it still is just something where it's like, every time I come back to it, it means a little bit less to me, and other Kirby games mean more. And if Klonoa 2 is, in some parts, another Kirby game, it meant more to me this time around than other Kirby games have. Um, so, right. yeah, I mean, for me, it would go above it. Interesting. Wow. Okay. You, so You were hoping it would lose there. You were hoping we were going to kind of get to the end of it, if I, is what I'm getting the feeling of. Yeah, I, I well, I mean, I, I it makes sense. I mean, I, I guess I don't know where Kirby Superstar is on your personal sure. list. I want so to hear your take this on this, because you don't like Kirby Superstar. You're not I, I like, jiving. I like Klonoa too. Okay, so he, here's where we're at. This is, I think, the, the difficulty here. So Mass Effect 3 is a game that I think we're both kind of in the middle on. Mm -hmm. Um like as in i think mass effect 3 is probably like kind of accurately yeah. rated yeah um as in it's pretty close for both of us if we had our own personal list this is probably about where it would be i mean on my personal list mass effect 3 is like 23 so it's uh -huh. a little bit higher than it is on this list but right. not a whole lot yeah um so i felt like we both feel in the middle on that and then kirby superstar is a game that i think you like more than i do yeah but even I I'm like saying Planoa two better. Yes. And then you're saying you like so now I feel like this is just a very difficult kind of Swiss cheese problem. It is, yeah. Um 
We did a re-ranking recently, and the list doesn't feel any better <laughs> to get through certain parts oh, of it I think, sometimes. No, I, think, I think the list feels a lot better. Um, but it's just, it's hard to figure out where exactly to put this one. Um, I am willing to concede on Mass Effect 3 because I just don't feel that strongly about the Mass Effect series in general, uh -huh. as I've said over and over and over again yeah. on this show, baby. Yeah. These Mass Effect heads that listen to the show, we're just dunking on you each yeah. week. This It's the Mass Effect dunk show. Here's, all right? here's my question. Here's my question. Yeah. I know yeah. my answer to this question, but I'm actually quite curious at yours because I don't, I don't know how you'll feel. Do you think Klonoa doing decently well on this list, better than it would do on your personal list, do you think that that is a benefit to our listeners and by that i mean there are some games on our list where they're like we're, we're like you got to at least try it out people you got to like please experience this game do you feel that way about clonoa 2 would you would you encourage people to try this out or did it fall so flat for you where you still feel it's completely skippable i wouldn't recommend it to other people now okay. I, I i would not i i don't think that what it does is going i think okay in the in the genre of whimsical platformers uh -huh. that are even floaty i think that you should probably still play a kirby game before you should play this interesting like play crystal crystal shards i yeah. played crystal shards when i was a kid and i thought it was fun uh play the new kirby uh yeah. the one where he can turn into a car uh <laughs> do something like that like yeah. I, I don't think i don't think klonoa i think klonoa has this reputation of being uh an, an underloved classic uh-huh but I think that's more just because sometimes people like to rep obscure things. Right. Um, well, and, and, and that's something I want to root for the underdog. Right. That's something I don't want to do today, actually, is I really like Klonoa, but I'm willing to admit that a lot of it is just very specific personal vibes for me. Mm -hmm. And so to that end, and if you're really feeling that way, because I'm, I'm not feeling like you gotta play Klonoa too, right? Yeah. I'm just saying I really loved it. And maybe it'll click with you. Maybe that's something everybody should experience, but it's probably not right. a big deal. And to that end, I actually think we should come back to Mass Effect 3 and put it under Mass Effect 3. Because I do think people should experience the arc of the Mass Effect games. And I yeah. do think Mass Effect 3 deserves that honor of like, hey, people really dogged on Mass Effect 3 back in the day, and it's actually the best one. And you should play right. it. And you should... Right investigate a lot of it i right. definitely feel more strongly about mass effect 3 in that regard of like i don't love everything it's doing but you should try it you should yeah. do you should do mass effect 3 and if you're not feeling that at all on klonoa 2 and i'm only middling on my desire for the listener to definitely check out klonoa 2 then it yeah, should yeah. stop there the buck stops there i think that makes sense i also ironically would agree with that same logic for kirby superstar which is that while I like Klonoa 2 better than Kirby Superstar, if somebody told me they liked floaty, whimsical platformers, mm -hmm. I would be like, no, you should probably play Kirby Superstar, because yeah. it's considered a classic. Right. So, like, right. Klonoa 2 is a game that, it existed here in 2001, yep. and I think it was kind of an oddity uh, at the time. I think that absolutely, so there's, like, some remasters that actually just came out on yes. the Switch. So you can, if you're curious about this game, you should go to it. Yeah. You should check it out. I'm not trying to dissuade anyone. No. But I I don't feel like it's I don't feel like it's going down some very strange path that was like, oh, what a what a weird offshoot of evolution mm -hmm. in video game design that, yeah. that I, if only we could go back to that and then see where that was going. I think that 
what we're owed at this point we're not we're, we're not owed anything gamers are not owed anything in fact <laughs> gamers should have less things yeah gamers should have things <laughs> taken away from them is what should actually happen but if we are owed anything i think it's about dang time yeah for all these indie developers yeah to start looking back at the two specifically 2.5d like playstation one era yep. platforming games and give me like the hollow night yeah. of that genre right that's what i want yeah i would i would it's, love the beloved nostalgia that also perfects the formula of the 2.5d late 90s early 2000s platformer right, right. that's that i don't really want to play thing. klonoa 2 i want to play the game that someone that played klonoa 2 yeah. in 2001 yeah. wants to make now as an adult that's yeah. what i want yeah i agree i don't that's it's, how it's, i felt playing klonoa 2 is like wow i missed the boat on this and i could take more boy i could take more of this and it yeah. thinks that there's just not much more out there that's like truly truly great and at this kind of level of because like you know one thing we didn't talk about earlier i'll just say this real quick this is this is we're mm. we're, we're done now but uh klonoa 2 looked really really great on my steam deck um Hunter, you played on your PC, and it had some kind of pixely artifacting stuff that was kind of weird from oh, the no, emulation. No, no. It was way crazier than that. Yeah, so yeah. The, the stream looked was... one way, and you apparently had much worse <laughs> experience than even it the was stream. So weird. I couldn't. I, I've never had this problem before, but I. Um, and I'm sure someone listening will be like, "Oh, it's actually really obvious what was going on." Uh -huh. um, I I had configured my video settings for my SM emulator, uh, and I thought I had configured them correctly, and then what was happening was. I was playing Klonoa 2 on my screen and it looked like it was ha it looked like it was trying to display at too high a resolution and uh -huh. it wasn't like like it was stretching things and making things look weird. But then I looked at the dang signal I was sending to OBS <laughs> and it looked crisp and clean and clear yeah. and beautiful. Well, and there was still yeah. a little bit of it looked like you were playing Klonoa 2 twice. <laughs> it looked like there was like double Yeah, lines. there was a little bit of ghost thing going on Cuz what's what's cool about Klonoa 2 is and and the thing that actually lacks in the Switch remake or the I guess it's on multiple platforms, Re but yeah, yeah. they got rid of there's a there's an outline. There's like a cell shading outline as if as if klonoa is a hand-drawn thing and whereas yeah, in in like the old cartoon in the remasters yeah. it's just 3d models on my steam deck klonoa 2 looked like a ps3 game or something i mean it, yeah, it, yeah. it almost looked modern like it was so clean and the lines yeah. were so perfectly drawn and everything just looked really smooth i mean it felt like a modern game that just had a very specific art style to me uh and and that worked incredibly well but it, it clearly is not uh that is not across the board how you will experience this game. So uh, I just feel like I hit the magic with it on my on my Steam Deck. Yeah, I um, in in kind of closing, I feel like the PS2 is actually a really exciting platform. It is to talk about yeah. when it comes to to this this type of game platformers uh, in particular. And there's so many good things that are like around the corner. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. Jack Two is on its way. Uh, all the Sly Cooper games have yet to happen. Yeah. Um, and honestly, even in the world of like kind of puzzly platformers, later towards the end of this season, we will be talking about uh, Ico. Yeah. And that will be super fun. Like right. that, that will right. be really exciting to talk about that, that is game. a bold new direction for yeah, AAA sort of, yeah, that whole vibe of thing. Right. Um, AAA as art game, I guess, is what you could call it, is, is where we're about to get with uh, with the industry, which is incredibly exciting. Exactly. 
I would say between the two of them, I'm actually a little sad that we weren't doing the original Klonoa instead of Klonoa 2. Sure. Um, because it seems like they're awfully close as far as what they go for. Uh -huh. However, in Klonoa 1, they're sprites, and I kind of like the sprite work a little better, to oh, be honest. I was watching a video of Klonoa 1, and I was like, ooh, this kind of has a little more charm to me. Yeah in the kind of very PS2 looking Klonoa yeah. 2. Well, and there's um, there's offshoots aspect. of the series too. There's like some Game Boy Advance games and stuff. And I wonder how all those feel. To me, Klonoa 2 was very distinctly a PS2 experience. And I think I would like other iterations maybe a little bit less. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. I haven't played them. I haven't touched them. And I haven't even looked at enough of them to actually say that. But like, I felt really solid about this as a PS2 game kind of thing. Right. Okay. So that's, uh, so Klonoa 2 will be the number 28th greatest game of all time yeah um and that is definitive, definitive okay it's over you can basically say that you know we're we did our podcaster's duty we <laughs> talked about a klonoa game uh-huh and we said it was pretty good 28 is well above my line of quality is like 37 on my personal list and yeah. even on my personal list i put klonoa 2 above my line of quality there you go meaning that overall i think it is a good game right Right. Um, and I think it's a quality experience, even if I did not love every aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so so there you go. We failed to mention even once, Matt, that Klonoa has a hat <laughs> and that Klonoa's hat is a Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac-Man hat. It's a Pac-Man <laughs> hat. But it's not it's not just a Pac-Man hat. It's a Pac-Man hat where it's like literally Pac-Man from Pac-Man. Yeah. Not like no. a stylized Pac-Man. Pac and he's like eating a power pellet. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I wonderful man, hat. I just I, I need here's what I need, listeners, is I need people to recommend other Namco games to me. I want to love Namco a lot. I really want like I want that. I'm 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 getting cart uh, before the horse here in how much I would love to like get really into Namco stuff and I just can't find out what would actually click with me. But I wouldn't have predicted Klonoa would click with me, right? So like I need y'all to like investigate what are some of your favorite Namco games in history and throw them at me and I want to try them out. I just want to like play around and see if see if there's more Namco stuff I can really get down with. I've never played Pac-Man Championship Edition. I would like to do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah Pac-Man Championship Edition is pretty great. I just feel like uh Namco doesn't actually have a very um now, I, and I don't. This could be like an uninformed kind of Westerner take. But I actually feel like Namco doesn't have a very solid identity. No, like as a publisher, so I, agree. I don't really know like what. To, I mean, there's a lot of series that I'll look at and be like, oh yeah, that's Namco, right? Uh, and I just forget that it is, right? Um, so yeah, I I I don't know. I I don't know if I really even know what to what to recommend you myself. Right. There's, um, there's, there's weird a lot stuff. of JRPGs on that list. Exactly. The Tales is all Namco, right? All the Tales games, which I don't know why mm -hmm. I would get down with Tales. I've never played a Ridge Racer. I I certainly got to check out a Ridge Racer. But beyond that, I'm like I don't know what else we're talking about. Like I don't know what the great stuff that's worth talking about is in there. I know that a lot of I mean obviously in the arcade era. Namco's doing all sorts of cool. Some a lot of my favorite arcade stuff is Namco. Uh, so course, I, I yeah, know yeah. I, I know I feel that way. Uh, but it's it's just a matter of I don't know where we where we go from there. Um, just so. play. Uh, just get Namco um, Museum or Na uh, Nam or what? What do they call? What do they call the really the, good Namco yeah, collection? I think it's the I think it's Namco Museum. Um, you know well, what's a like game? A bunch of there's a Namco, Namco game. Did I talk about this last week? Did I talk about or maybe I've talked about it recently? I played an arcade game uh, when the last time we were like doing arcade stuff, and mm. I for the first time I played 
Bosconian. I couldn't remember the name of it the most recent time I talked about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bosconian, Bosconian yeah, yeah. is an old Namco game. That game rules. Dude, oh, my I love, God, I love Bosconian. I love those types of, like, I don't even know what to call them. They're they're like those flying... Yeah. Um, those flying arcade games where it's like really open, open. it's like surprisingly yeah. open yeah um Bosconian correct me if I'm wrong Matt Bosconian is the one where literally you can fly whatever direction on the screen you yep. want to yeah at all like yeah okay okay no but matter yeah, what I, at, at, at all various angles and I mean Bosconian is like rally X became a really cool space game that's oh, what Bosconian man. is it slaps man it slaps so hard anyways i don't know why i had to bring that up i just really want people to no, recommend like, namco games to me i need namco games if you're on the patreon make that like your thing that you make <laughs> us play give me some namco stuff why, why are you I, it's, this is such a weird called shot matt you're sort of i i feel I'm a i know it's gonna fail i've already done idea. i know you're, you're you're trying to make yourself a fanboy for a specific publisher before you even really know because what about because their top hits are things that hit like deep in my core katamari and also, I've been getting yelled at a lot recently on the Discord for saying Katamari Damacy, and I guess it's Katamari mm -hmm. Damashi, and people are very mad at me for saying... I don't care. I don't either. It's... No. <laughs> no, don't. Listen, y'all, we're... Okay. We're American, I, damn it. <laughs> well, it just... We're... Be... We, I don't know. I... I, I kind of go back and forth on this idea. I think it can be, like, kind of annoying to people to, like... Like, let's pronounce it our dumb, bad way. Uh -huh. We're from Arkansas, yeah. all right? Let's let's be who we are mm. and mess it up. I know I know how to say it correctly. Yeah. All right, I know. Um, but this is like that kind of thing where somebody goes to uh, Barcelona. Yeah, and then Barcelona. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah, put yeah. on the and accent. Come back and I'm not and doing like, that. <laughs> let's not do that. We don't need to do that. <laughs> Listen, I want to pronounce it my dumb English way. Yeah. And then and then you know you know I know you know how to pronounce it correctly. Go Good ahead. for you. Go ahead. You Good did for you. It. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, but we're dumb and we're going to stay dumb and you'll <laughs> never stop us from being dumb and doing it the dumb way. Um, just like how Matt is calling the weirdest shot and saying, like, I'm a big Namco guy, even though I don't even know why. I have I, no evidence I don't to back that up. And everything that. I look at doesn't impress me or excite I, listen, me at all. I'm not interested in any of the things I'm seeing. I just think it would be cool. I, I almost feel like what you're saying is like you want to reverse engineer. Yeah yourself having been a namco guy I, the whole here's what time. i really want you love sega so much i yep. need to find out what my identity is i would like to f and, and it doesn't have to be namco but that's that's what i'm really saying is i'm on the search for a developer identity for myself um, okay i need that but here's i need the to thing, find Matt. one i think it might be too late for you in this it way is. like yeah. i uh, like you you build your your biases yeah when you're a child right. and you have those biases matt but they're more like explicitly for like characters and series and less right or like a, a design philosophy or like a whole movement you yeah. know yeah yeah so like just just you gotta you gotta take what you, you, you know what biases aren't great by the way right like i don't i don't want to you know get get too philosophical here but there's no reason to look for more biases. <laughs> if anything, you probably are full up on biases as is, and maybe just let it be, you know? Like, let's not get any more. Let's try and evaluate everything we can as just the thing it is. Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamers Almanac. 
Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Night Corey. Oh, <laughs>